Hey everyone, I'm Amna, the host of Uncomfortable. And I'm Alyssa, the producer of Uncomfortable. So this is one of those weeks where we go back, we look at some of the comments from last week's interview and give you a preview of next week. So Alyssa, last week was Jihad Turk. Yeah, and um, he is the president of the Bayonne Claremont School of uh, Islamic Study, I guess yep. is the best way. It's the first graduate school, right, for Islamic study in America, which is amazing. It's huge, and it's a really big deal um, that he set it up because, believe it or not, there is no center for graduate study for Islam in America. So the point is that even if you grow up here and you're American Muslim, if you wanted to study anything else about your religion or become an imam, you have to go somewhere else. Right. And so Jihad's work all centers around that because he says being Muslim in America is very, very different from being Muslim anywhere else in the world. Right. And Amna, we talked about this a lot when we were having him on um, and preparing for this interview, how it really it, what really struck me is that it's so crazy that when you look at a religion like Christianity, mm -hmm. there are so many different ways of practicing and so many different names we give to the different types of practices, whether yeah. you're Catholic, Protestant, Lutheran, they all mean different things. And people generally know what those different practices are based on what type of Christian you are. Right. That doesn't hold true in Islam. It do I feel like most people know about Shia and Sunni, right. right? And the divide there, if there's really a divide that's not just politically manufactured now. But most people, I guess Muslims aren't really given the same latitude to be like, oh, I'm like a cultural Muslim or I'm a spiritual Muslim right. or, you know, conservative. Everyone is sort of believed to or expected to fit into one box. And if you don't fit into that box, then people are like, well, you're not really Muslim. Right. And speaking from personal experience. Here. <laughs> and most importantly, like we said, there is no way to identify with Islam in America, in American context, um, unless you're doing it yourself. Um, I think you've spoken a lot about how growing up um, when you would go to mosque, there, you felt as a woman that you were out of place. Yes, because culturally, here's the important thing in this. Culturally, the way Islam is practiced in a lot of the in a lot of the world is very sexist. Like it's very misogynist. And there's a lot of people in positions of power who use the religion to keep women in subjugated and oppressed positions. I mean, that is just true. And so, yes, some of that has made its way into the way it's practiced here in America. And the way we were raised is the way I know a lot of other people was raised, which was to say, you are a woman in America. You have the same rights as anyone else. You can grow up to be whatever you want to be. And we're actually not going to go to that mosque anymore because they separate the men and the women. And that is not the lesson that we want you to take away from your faith. And so Jihad and I really got into that because he says it's a problem. Like he put it best when he said Islam has a lot of work to do. It does. It does. And I mean, even after going back and re-listening to the interview um, that you had with Jihad, I still I came to you and I said, I still have a lot of questions because yeah. I don't know that I necessarily agree with all of his views. I mean, I think it's great work that he's doing, mm -hmm. but it was really hard for me growing up in the context that I did to understand the argument for men and women to pray separately, which right. he didn't seem totally he didn't seem to think that that maybe is as much of a problem as it seems to be for me. Yeah. Um, he seemed to think that a lot of women at some mosques and at the Islamic Center, where he's a, where he's a spiritual leader, he seemed to think that some women maybe prefer it that yeah. way. And that's a hard concept to wrap my head around. I think a lot of people struggle with the same. And But the thing is, that may be true. That may be true, that there are women who prefer that because of the way they were raised, because of the way they view modesty or humility, which are core parts of Islam. That could absolutely be true. It is in no way true for every woman. And so right. I think that the, the presumption that what works for one Muslim works for all Muslims is what we have to get rid of. That's got to go. Yeah. Yep.
That's so the important part. We so went yeah. through some of the comments. Right. Not we, surprisingly, when you host someone with the first name Jihad on your podcast and then you put things on the internet where people can talk about it, you get some you get some comments. Is people, what I will say. people have thoughts. People yeah. have feelings. Um, so yeah, so you know what, I, I will say this, not everything was totally negative. I do appreciate that some folks in our community, some listeners really tried to have constructive conversations and really come from a place of wanting to learn. Um, one commenter wrote, um, as an American citizen, I respect others' rights to practice their religion. I do have a concern about the Islamic faith when I see whole communities patrolled by quote, Sharia law patrols, unquote, American citizens forcefully pushed out because they aren't of Islam and some of the teachings which promote poor treatment of women and infidels or non-believers. So when I hear that Islam is a faith of peace, I have to question that. You know what? There are absolutely parts of that that I would agree with. I have questions, too. I, you know, when we started these conversations, the idea was that it's not just about things we disagree with or things that don't line up with our lives. Sometimes you have to take things you believe in and shake them around a little bit. And there are parts of my faith that I question, like a lot of other Muslims around the world, just like there are a lot of Christians who question parts of their faith, just like there are a lot of Jews who question parts of their faith. And I think that that is all healthy. So these questions, you know, I got to say, I don't know what a Sharia law patrol is. I have never <laughs> bumped up against one of those. That's just like my, my dad enforcing curfew. I'm not sure if that has anything to do with Sharia law. But yeah, the idea is that people have a lot of strong beliefs and strong opinions about Islam because we hear about it so much and because we talk about it so much. And so all we were trying to do in featuring jihad in that conversation was open everybody up to sort of a broader conversation that's more grounded in people who are leaders in the community and people who are trying to work to address some of those issues. So that's it. Thanks to everybody for listening. Right. I learned something. Did you? I learned a lot from this conversation. I think we talked about this one a lot, like between you and I, um, probably more than most other episodes and how to just approach it and how it's so important to be having these conversations and push this conversation forward in particular. Yes. Um, So some people were really happy uh, with this (laughs) (laughs) With this one, too. Um, We had somebody comment with the subject line, Jihad interview. I'm a new listener, Indian Hindu by background, head full of anti-Muslim propaganda. I found this a very refreshing listen. Thank you very much for hosting this person. Godspeed to you. I think we're done. We can go home. (laughs) Like, that's the whole point, right? That's why we try to do these things. So thank you to that person for listening and for writing in. And we hope more of you will. You can go on Apple Podcasts and um, leave us a rating and review. Just tell us how you feel. We always love to hear from you. Great. Let's talk about next week. Next week. Michael Michael Medved. Medved. Wow. We didn't even practice that. Same page. That's good. Nationally syndicated, conservative talk show host, uh, radio host, self-described conservative. But he has this label other people impose on him, which is to say he is a thoughtful conservative. As it's That's like a unicorn. It gives, I guess, people of the left-leaning... you know, um, thoughts mm-hmm. to allow themselves to like him, I think. Sure. Right. <laughs> no, I no, I truly mean that because typically that would be, you know, two heads butting up against each other. And right. people want people. See, that's the thing. People want to have these conversations. They want to so. disagree. Yeah. They want to work through their issues. Michael yeah. is all about civil dialogue. Right. He says and he has always said, I don't agree with Democrats. I'm a Republican. I don't agree with Democrats. I think that they're wrong, but I don't think that they're evil. And so he has a lot of thoughts about the way our national discourse has gone, about how we talk about things. This man has 
millions of listeners tune into him every day. But the other important thing about him is that he has been staunchly and strongly anti-Trump from the very beginning. And he says that he suffered because of it, that his listeners have lashed out at him, that he's received all kinds of vitriolic remarks because of it. Um, and his career has been hurt, too. So we talked a little bit about that, about what it is to occupy that space in the conservative landscape right now. I, I, I think the, the question is not so much how could uh, those of us who were Trump skeptics uh, uh, remain skeptical as it was, what was it about Trump that ended up reassuring uh, conservatives to rally to his support? And I, I simply do not believe that Hillary Clinton, as much as I never supported her for president, and I have deep doubts about her ideology and some very deep doubts about her competence, I, I don't believe that Hillary Clinton represented evil incarnate. And this notion of demonization of your opponents in American politics, it seems to me, is despicable. Look, I think America is going to survive fine the Trump presidency. We would have also survived a Clinton presidency. She is an unquestionably sincere and decent and kind person. And does, does that mean that I've ever supported her in any of her political races? No. But is that but, like a revolutionary uh, thing to say in conservative circles? Yes. <laughs> and and that's that's real, tr truly ridiculous. It's absurd. So there you go. That is Michael Medved coming up on the next episode of Uncomfortable. Guys, leave us a comment, subscribe, rate, review, find us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. Reach out. Tell us who you want to hear from. Tell us topics you want us to cover. You can tweet at Omna, at Navazistan, N-A-W-A-Z-I-S-T-A-N. Or, of course, use our hashtag, Uncomfortable Talk. It's really mean that I make you spell out my hashtag when it's like, that's second nature to me. We should stop that. Like, if I had to spell your last name every time. Right. You would do it. I think we got a nice flow. <laughs> Yeah, I say. Uh, hey guys, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. <laughs>